Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 47 of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Christina Stathopoulos. She is originally from the US but has been based in Madrid, Spain since 2012. She is dedicated to the world of data, working as an analytical consultant at Google and an adjunct professor of analytics at IE Business School. Alongside her corporate and academic work, she is a regular conference attendee and speaker supporting women in STEM and emerging technologies. I'm very excited to talk about talk to her and listen more from her. And definitely, I'm sure that you are going to enjoy this conversation as well. So let's just welcome her. Hi, Christina. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate your all your time and consideration. Of course. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on for, for Soul Lead Saturday. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. So to start with, uh, the first question that I would like to ask is, you know, uh, when I came across your profile, uh, how did you find your interest in data analytics and the big data field? Yeah, I've, I've actually always had a love for numbers and, and mathematics. It started from a very young age. I started taking like advanced statistics and calculus classes in high school. And I knew that I wanted to stick with it for my career, but I didn't know exactly how I could make a career out of it. Um, so I ended up studying an interdisciplinary field with a focus in statistics. Um, I graduated from, from NC State, North Carolina State University. And then later on, I did my master's in business analytics and big data at IE Business School. Um, so my my educational background, it, it really fit the part. And from there, I went on and I jumped into professional analytics roles. So it all came it all came together for me. Yeah, so that's great, actually. Uh, and uh, you worked as a facilitator and instructor as well. And now you are currently as a consultant in the data analytics field. So these are like a completely different dynamics. So what do you enjoy the most and why? Uh, well, I, I still do facilitate and, um, and instruct, but as a part-time job on the side. Mm -hmm. My core job is an analytical consultant at Google, um, but my part-time, like you mentioned before, is that I'm adjunct faculty at IE Business School. Mm -hmm. I'm also a guest lecturer at ISDI. They're both higher education um, universities in Madrid, Spain. So what do I enjoy the most? Uh, personally, I love teaching. I love watching like the progression of my students. Mm -hmm. as they acquire new knowledge and, and effectively change their behavior and, and give them new ideas. And it's particularly enjoyable for me because I'm teaching about something that I'm passionate about. And I believe that shows through when, when I'm giving these classes. Um, so, so very passionate about that. But the majority of my time is, of course, my full-time job working as an analytical consultant, which I, I enjoy as well. Um, and I think it gives me an advantage to, it's not that I enjoy one or the other more, but I think it gives me an advantage to work in both the private corporate world mm -hmm. and academia, because I can bring that corporate experience and that corporate knowledge, corporate knowledge mm -hmm. into the classroom, mm -hmm. um, and use it in my classes. It, it, it's really what my students want because most of my students are MBA level mm -hmm. and, they really appreciate if I can bring that corporate experience into the classroom and give them some real world applications and, and tell them what's going on in the world. So I think um, both sides really, really benefit each other. Oh, that's great, actually. And as you mentioned uh, that, you know, you are actually able to give them the real practical scenarios, which is more of a learning, actually, rather than just giving them the academics, like, you know, whatever is there in the syllabus or something like that. 
exactly so, yeah so thank you so much for sharing one more thing i came across which is i found it very uh, unique actually about you so would you like to talk more about hashtag i am remarkable and share more insights with the audience yeah um so for those that are not familiar with i am remarkable um it started out years ago as a 20% project within google um it started in the london offices mm-hmm. and it eventually grew into this worldwide initiative that has um as of now it's directly impacted more than 140,000 participants in over 130 countries so it's it's grown a lot um and the the goal of the initiative it tries to highlight the many struggles that uh women and underrepresented groups face within the workplace and it's a workshop it's like a one and a half two hour workshop that helps empower any underrepresented group um by encouraging you to openly talk about your accomplishments in the workplace um and it's both an internal initiative at google but also external now so you can you or anybody can learn about it you can go to i am remarkable um dot with google dot com mm-hmm. you can read about it there and i highly um recommend any of our listeners to participate um to be a part of a workshop you can actually there's a place on the website where you can fill it in in case you want a workshop for your company and then you can you can see what this is all about but um i i highly recommend it as well mm-hmm. it's not just for women it's for any underrepresented groups so that means if at some time you felt like an outsider whether it because it's because of your culture your background your beliefs um everybody has felt like an outsider at some point in their lives so it's i think it's really beneficial for for everyone wow that's great actually so it is more over like uh, diversity coming together and you know standing for something good so exactly so much for sharing and i am definitely going to join it and i will encourage the audience as well to uh, join that group moving towards our next question is about you know you like to work in an international environment because you already mentioned a lot more about the diversity as well and kind of initiatives you are part of what do you see as an advantage or the disadvantages associated with it like you know any specific challenges and how to handle those challenges i i believe i personally thrive when working in an international environment but it definitely comes with its challenges that you have to take into account um so in my case i'm an american working in spain mm-hmm. and in most corporate settings i am the only non-spanish or or non-latin in the room so mm-hmm. i feel a bit like an outsider mm-hmm. um but i think it can be an advantage um coming from a very different culture because it means that i come with uh different views different opinions on things mm-hmm. so that can bring diversity and creativity and innovation mm-hmm. but on the other hand um it can work against me as well because sometimes it's hard for me to get my voice heard because i'm like the only one that outsider um but besides that i think the toughest thing of all is is adapting to deep cultural working styles so um for example in spain just to give some some little examples but in spain they do a lot of small talk um before getting to the point whereas for me i'm very much let's let's get to the point and do what we came here to do uh-huh. um or as well it's it's totally acceptable to arrive late mm-hmm. they have a very different concept of punctuality whereas i'm my style is very much uh come early to everything so it's very different um and then of, of course you have the typical misunderstandings of phrases and and jokes so whatever it is um i try to stay positive um even if it's something that bothers me 
And I do my best to adapt without losing my own style of working. So I think that's important when you're working in a different culture, try to find that middle ground mm -hmm. um, between your own working style and the local cultural working style. It's a bit of a, a balancing game between the both. Yeah, that's really very wise actually. Yeah. Anybody to know that, you know, how to work in the diverse culture or uh, whenever it comes to the relocation or the traveling, uh, you have to understand actually. So thank you for sharing. And our next question is about, you know, uh, talking about more about your area of expertise. So do you think that too much attention is being paid to big data tools and not enough attention to the big data project management? Can we discuss more it in detail? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point. Uh, and it's true. We focus a lot on, on the technical side of things and the latest technologies, but we don't often touch on the project management side of things, which is just as important. Um, and I think it's very important that you see a, a big data project from start to finish. Someone needs to be there to manage it all. Um, just like any other project management, you need to have someone who is responsible for, you know, delivering quality results within the limitations. So whatever those limitations may be, like um, time, budget, technical, uh, scope, um, and, and big data projects can have a lot going on a lot of little pieces in the background that management or um, the final users, they don't realize that all of this is going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the challenges depend on the exact type of project that you're doing. So whether it's more software development, um, hardware, maybe a migration to the cloud or analytics, mm -hmm. um, and, and common issues that you face are things like data quality, um, settling on the right platform or tool, because there's okay. so many options out there. And even things like regulation and data privacy, which are becoming more and more complicated nowadays. Um, and in order to properly manage these projects, a, a PM needs to have a solid understanding of the technical side. Mm -hmm. And in some instance, instances, a very deep um, knowledge of this. So as well as having those skills of product, project management in general. So knowing how to put the pieces together, um, finding the right resources, connecting the right team members and managing stakeholder expectations. So it, it requires a very well-rounded professional. Okay. So uh, how, how do you see your role in it actually? Being a consultant, how do you see your role of fitting into this uh, big data project? Yeah, I, so I personally, I manage projects, not teams. Um, and I do a lot of, of data projects. That's my, that's my job. Um, and the, the, key, um, the key skills for this it's not just understanding the technical side, which I do, and that can be tough as well. You've got to manage the technical side of things. And then the other side is all of the collaboration and communication that's involved. Because usually a project is not just one or two people doing it. You're going to have a lot of different people involved along the, along the way. And you're also going to have a lot of stakeholders that you have got to set their expectations and make sure they're, they're happy um, along the way. One more question I would like to ask uh, out of curiosity is that, you know, when you, we are talking about the stakeholders, how do you uh, see communicating the technical aspect to them? Like, uh, how do you explain them? Like this is a, a, a golden question. Um, it is really tough. Depends, depends who the stakeholders are, because sometimes your stakeholder might be somebody who does have a technical background. So say it's somebody who's used to managing analytics teams mm -hmm. or like a, a CTO or a CDO, 
they should come with the right knowledge. But in many cases, you're going to also have um, more, you know, business focused managers. And I think that's what you're asking about. Like, how do we communicate with them? Um, and it's, it's really tough. Um, this is where I think skills of like data storytelling and, and learning how to communicate. This is a, a very valuable skill and it's being able to translate this technical knowledge into like business business words or business knowledge. Um, and it's actually something that I've had a lot of experience with because I, I teach. So again, talking about that balance mm -hmm. between my corporate and my um, educational work, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's actually helped in education. It's helped me in the business world because I've had to build these classes for MBA students. And mm -hmm. it's the same kind of concept. I have to learn how to um, translate technical knowledge, mm -hmm. but to the business side. So it takes some work and you've got to think about it, but it's, it's kind of like a translation process, finding a way to explain these technical things, but in words that anyone can understand. Wow, that's great, actually. And thank you so much for sharing. Uh, it wasn't a part of the list, but it was like, you know, very, uh, very much interesting to see how people are handling it because it is kind of a learning as well along the experience that you get. Uh, you start learning from, you know, each stakeholder as well. The way uh, every, every stakeholder is different, as you mentioned. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, next question is about one more initiative that you have on the LinkedIn is that, you know, uh, hashtag book a week challenge. Can you tell us more about your that challenge and any books that you would like to recommend in the analytics space? Yeah, I, I host the book a week challenge on LinkedIn and I started it a couple years ago um, to try to encourage others to put down their phones and get rid of bad habits and and read books uh, more often. Um, and I encourage others to read a book a week, but as well, it's it's just as good if you can read a book a month. The key is to start reading more and to read regularly. And I share my weekly recommendations on LinkedIn and I encourage others as well to do the same. I have quite a few others participating and we all share with that hashtag. And it's a way that we can share as a community what everybody's reading and try to get ideas from one another. We, we give our review as well of each book. Yes, yes. That's true, actually. And uh, definitely I would encourage the audience as well to participate in it. At least start following that uh, post, those posts, and uh, once you find something interesting, definitely will find something interesting when you start following something over the period. And once you find your interest in it, that definitely start doing that by yourself. So thank you so much. And moving towards our next question is about your volunteering experience. You are like a part of a lot of initiatives, and you do a lot. And a part of like, you know, those are really, very good initiatives. So would you like to share any experience which can give limelight to the audience on importance of it? Um, a, a lot of my volunteering nowadays is either facilitating workshops mm -hmm. or um, like the like the I Am Remarkable that I mentioned before mm -hmm. or public speaking at events. Um, that, that's the core volunteer that I do. Most of my volunteer public speaking is done through the universities that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, usually the, the events, the events are to inspire current or prospective students. Um, mm -hmm. and my favorite type of talk to give is on women in STEM. So mm -hmm. empowering women and pushing for more gender equality in tech, um, for obvious reasons, I'm very passionate about that one. Mm -hmm. And, um, besides that, I also occasionally do mentoring of students. Mm -hmm. So most of my volunteering then is done a lot through the academic connections, just mm -hmm. trying to help students. 
Um, and, and I encourage others as well to try to get involved in these types of extracurricular activities. It's very important for your own professional development. Mm -hmm. um, it looks good that you're doing these types of extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. And um, and it gives you a chance to network as well. I meet a lot of people doing things like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, definitely, I would encourage actually to look uh, look those initiatives also because we have a lot of audience which are students who are pursuing their uh, career or in the academics like masters or the PhD or the uh, graduate programs. So definitely, I would encourage you to check that out. Moving towards our question is not a moreover a question that the way you are speaking shows you are, you are a leader and you are leading your area of interest, which is data analytics. What is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? I think for, for the leadership style, I think that depends a lot on what setting I'm in. Um, in, the, in the classroom and in public speaking, I'm very charismatic, passionate, and I also like to get my students or the audience involved as much as possible. So in this type of setting, it's a very solo type role, mm -hmm. and my job is to lead the classroom. Um, and in a corporate setting, it's a bit different. I don't currently lead teams. I lead projects. And this, as a leader, involves a lot more collaboration and organization. Um, and personally, I'm an extremely organized and detail-oriented person, sometimes to an extreme uh, measure, but still, I think it can help a lot in this case. Um, and then you asked about which leaders I follow. Uh, there's, there's, there's one I very much look up to, Cassie Kozarkov. She's the chief decision scientist at Google. She's very, very involved in the analytics space. She has a very active blog and, and videos. Um, she's a very active networker, and she's a wonderful public speaker, which is one of, one of the big reasons I look up to her. Um, you can use her as a model to aspire to because she's, she's very good at public speaking, and she's also very good at um, one of the things you mentioned, which is translating technical terms mm -hmm. to even more business audiences, explaining very technical things in words that everyone can understand. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, I also follow her a lot. And the way she explains the machine learning with, you know, kitchen. It's great. It's great to see, actually. So uh, I can completely relate to it. And I'm trying to get her on the show as well. Hopefully, she will agree one day. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, towards the ending of this show, actually, the last question is about any tips or advice you already gave a couple of because you are already into the mentoring and facilitating. So, um, any tips or advice to the aspiring students or professionals who are looking to start or grow in the data analytics or big data field? Yeah, one of the first tips that I always give that we haven't touched on yet is that you need to be ready to constantly reinvent, your, reinvent yourself. So building upon your knowledge um, and building upon your skills because the tech space and the analytics space is constantly changing. Um, so you need to get into the habit of continuous learning early on. It's not going to change. You're going to have to continue with that with those learning habits. Um, and then another another tip is to not disregard the importance of networking. So LinkedIn, of course, is a great platform for networking and for building a name for yourself. So don't um, don't lose that opportunity. Take advantage of LinkedIn, as well as actively participate in local events. Get to know your local community within your field. Um, and, and that's a great way to just to know other people and know what other people are working on. And you never know who you're going to come across or what opportunities you might find. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then the last thing I would say, um, another, another tip that I always give is that 
we talk a lot about the hard skills within the data analytics space. So Mm -hmm. whether it's programming or statistics, but I think that soft skills are just as important Mm -hmm. and you can open a lot of doors if you work on this. So if you work on things like effectively telling stories with data, communication in general, public speaking, you need to develop these skills because in this field, there there is a lack of people who are able to explain the results well. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can be one of them, you'll, you'll find a lot more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It was really very nice to talk to you. And the way you were speaking, actually, I can relate to that, that you were you were coming up with like, you know, highlighted points. So I can relate to that. Your profession as well, being consultant, as you mentioned, that you pay a lot more attention to the details. So you gave very specific advice as well to the aspiring students and the professionals. So thank you so much. And uh, audience, definitely you are going to enjoy this episode and learn a lot more as well. So do uh, watch it out whenever it gets published. Thank you so much. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading. Let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.